Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the new and improved Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. After many years of interviewing the best and brightest thought leaders around the world on my SiriusXM show, I am excited to now have those interviews available to people around the globe on this podcast. So many people would write us and say, I love what I've been hearing about your interviews with these great people. Where can I access them? I live in this country or that country, or I don't have access to that technology. How can I get the information? Well, I'm so excited now that we are able to offer the information and the interviews free on this podcast. So we want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it and tell everybody you know about it and then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. And it's a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show and podcast heard around the world, and I'm grateful for you being here. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. Ah, yeah, forced upon me. Can't refuse it. Didn't seek it. Didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer. If I lose it, give a count. If I abuse it, just a tiny little minute but our eternities are wrapped up in it. I'm grateful for this minute, this home, this moment to be on with you. My guest today, he is the former, former CEO of Southwest Airlines, Braniff Airlines, Group VP Marketing for United Airlines, and he is one of the world's experts on leadership, on getting past turbulent times, and flying high in spite of the turbulence and the challenges and changes. He he is my friend, 
Howard Putnam. You're going to enjoy today's show. Well, you know, I start with that minute, God's minute. Then I take a moment every show to give God some glory, to thank him for life and strength and health. I'm grateful that God has blessed me with the opportunity to be in this platform, but I'm more grateful with life and strength and health and friends. So I take a moment to give God glory. I'm grateful and I don't I don't mind taking a moment to, to say thank you, God, for allowing me to have the opportunity to do this and to be here so I could do this. Then I want to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor is Truist Bank. Truist Bank. Truist Bank is an incredible bank, an incredible company. Truist is committed to helping people in our community, and they are going to be a bank you're going to hear a lot more about. When you start with care, you build a different kind of bank, Truist Bank. Well, as I said, my guest today is one of my buddies. He's in the Hall of Fame of the National Speakers Association. We were inducted into the Hall of Fame the same night. He is a former CEO of Southwest, Braniff, and uh, VP of United Airlines. He was raised on an Iowa farm, learned to fly out of a pasture in his father's J3 Piper Cub. He entered the airline business as a baggage handler at Midway Airport in Chicago at the age of 17, and he rose to be the CEO of Southwest Airlines. He's an incredible man, an incredible speaker, an incredible thinker, and the author of the book, Winds of Turbulence, the author of The Winds of Turbulence on Excellence, Ethics, and Leadership, my dear friend, Howard Putnam. Howard, so good to have you, my friend. Good to be here, Willie. Well, Howard, uh, why don't you tell them more about the story of how uh, you got started with the uh, plane business, the airline business, an airplane from your little farm in, uh, was it Iowa that you yes. grew up? Yeah. And a, and a farm that didn't, if you, if I remember correctly hearing your story, did not have a lot of uh, modern day uh, appliances. <laughs> Is that a good way of saying it? <laughs> Yeah. Why did you tell us more about where you came from? Well, I was born in the farmhouse near Bedford, Iowa, Southwest Iowa. And my parents were on a 200 acre farm raising registered Herefords and the usual hogs, chickens and corn and hay and so forth. It was before there was electricity. Mm. So I was uh eight years old before I ever knew what an electric light was. Wow. And we didn't have any indoor plumbing. And the old story of the Sears catalog out in the outhouse uh, was pretty close to being true. Wow. And my, my mother uh, had a wood stove to cook on. And my wife has always said, why do you like everything well done? <laughs> because on the farm, there was only one way to get it. And that was burnt. So, <laughs> As I grew up a little bit, and we, and the World War II ended and so forth, a friend took my dad, Virgil Putnam, for an airplane ride. He was hooked. Mm. He was in his 40s, and he came home, and I still remember him saying to my mother, you know, if we sell enough cows and pigs, I can get $600, and I can buy this old J3 Piper Cub. That went on for a week or two, and she finally submitted to his request, and he bought a Piper Cub. So he lands on the in the pasture, 
my sisters and I are out there chasing the cows and everything out of the way. And as he taxis up to the barn, I'm thinking, it's kind of weird. We don't have any electricity. We don't have any indoor plumbing. But we got an airplane out here. In- <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it started. And uh, as the years went by, he taught me how to fly. And by age 14 or 15, I could I could land an airplane. I, I couldn't do it by myself. You have to solo when you're uh, when you're 16. Mm. So from there on, I just always knew I wanted to be in aviation. Wow. I assumed I assumed I was going to be a pilot. But yes. later on, I found out I'm partly colorblind. So that ended that. So when high school was over, uh, all the my friends were going to college and I turned down college scholarships. I didn't want to go to college. I know that sounds awful in this day and age where we're encouraging our young people to go. And, and I agree they should go. But I just had aviation in my heart. So I ended up going to an airline school in Kansas City, Missouri, which was a farce. It was just a job agency. Hmm. And after the third day, I told the fellow I was sitting by, you know, the first airline that comes in here offering somebody a job, I'm out of here. And he said, I'm with you. The next day, a man from Capital Airlines came in from Chicago, and he said, I am hiring transportation agents. Anybody interested? We raised our hand. We went outside. We were hired. And finally, we said, what is a transportation agent? He said, you're a baggage handler. <laughs> so we, we drove all night to Chicago, and uh, on, a Sunday, on a Saturday night, on a Sunday, we got our interview, found out we were going to make $218 a month and got our uniforms and I started loading bags. Well, after about six weeks of that, I began to see there's not much future out here when it's when winter's coming to Chicago. Right. And I'm really getting tired of lifting these heavy bags all the time. And the guy that they had assigned to be my trainer instructor on the very first night, was a thief. Mm. And when we were up in the belly pit of an airplane unloading bags, he said, kid, you unload the bags. I got work to do. He pulled out a big paper bag. He had a hammer, and he started banging the locks on suitcases and stealing stuff. Wow. I'm not, as you said, I'm not even 18, and I'm just in awe, but I don't know what to do. Well, the next morning, he had about four bags of stuff. I went to my little sleeping room near the airport. I couldn't sleep. And I just finally said, like you talked about the Lord before, I said, Lord, guide me tonight. I've got to do something. And I'll be damned. They they, uh, put me with him again that night to be more training. We're up in the uh, upper level of an old constellation, and we're unloading airplane tires. And he had had an argument with the guy down on the ground at the bottom of the conveyor. He picked up this big airplane tire and he rolled it down the conveyor belt, trying to hit the guy at the bottom. Wow. And I yelled and somebody on the ground yelled and the fellow jumped out of the way, fortunately. And the good news is the Lord was looking over us because the the manager, Herb Cohan, had come in that night on the midnight shift to see what was going on. He saw it occur and he fired the guy on the spot. Wow. And the lesson to me was, Howard, when you see something wrong, 
do something about it. Don't just take it for granted. Right. So that was my start. Wow. Wow. Well, you continued on, obviously, and kept rising and kept rising and kept rising. And eventually you went to uh, United Airlines. Is that correct? Yeah. And then yeah, from capital, United, go, go ahead. Capital uh, was a smaller airline based in Washington, D.C., and a very innovative carrier in the mid-50s. They had the British uh, Vickers Viscount. It was a turboprop airplane, very noisy, kind of like the electric. And it was the next first stage before we went to jets. But uh, a good airline, and that's where I was fortunate enough to meet this cute little stewardess from Ohio, Krista. And uh, two years later, uh, we were married. And then pretty soon I got promoted to be the passenger service manager on a shift. So and here I am now. I'm 19 now, going to get married in a few months. And they promote me to the passenger service manager. I'm in charge of the shift. I have no college. I've had no supervisory training. I'm working purely off my intuition uh, from what I learned from my mentors, which was my mom and dad, were my mom and dad and my two two older sisters. And the lesson to me in this was, if you have a firm foundation, which is so important for young people, as I had, I was able to transition to do things that I didn't even know I had the skill sets to do. Mm. So at age 19, I'm managing uh, the shift and I really enjoyed it. And I liked, I liked meeting the people and I handled the VIPs. I met uh, Johnny Mathis when he was just getting started in his uh, career. Wow. Uh, Bing Crosby. Uh, people, uh, Richard Nixon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> who, was, who was a congressman at that time. And the big one of Will, Willie was a man, man named Jimmy Hoffa. With wow. the Teamsters. Yes, the Teamsters. And I was just told he was a VIP. I didn't know. Uh, about all the other things. And he always had two bodyguards that traveled with him. They had lumps under their suit coats. And I found out later those were revolvers. And in those days, we didn't even check for uh, what people carried on airplanes. Wow. But he was always very nice to me. And uh, we never, never had a problem. But my favorite of all the VIPs was Lassie. Lass Lassie sat under my, sat under my desk for about an hour waiting for the flight to go. And I was surprised to learn that Lassie wasn't a girl. They, oh, always, wow. they always chose uh, boy dogs to uh, to be Lassie. And her trainer was Red, Red Weatherwax. So learning all that was very, very helpful. And now the merger comes. United Airlines is buying Capital Airlines. Hmm. And uh, I was probably 21, 22 at that time. Krista and I had been married a, a year or so. And <laughs> I was interviewed by the uh, personnel people from United Airlines, and they had personnel people coming out their ears. And at a capital, we had very, very few. So this man named Fred, and this is a key point, for your listeners. And hold that point. Hold that point. This okay. is a what we call a cliffhanger. Well, folks, a key point is coming. So you want to stay tuned. This is my interview with 
former CEO of Southwest Airlines, motivational, inspirational speaker, and leadership expert, and integrity expert, my friend Howard Putnam. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealth Boy Show. And for sure, the best is yet to come. We'll be right back. Friendship is not about being convenient. It's about being committed and consistent. You can call on me. When you need me, call me. You can call on me. Call me. You can call on me. Pick up the phone. You can call and call me. Are you ready to revolutionize your relationship with money? I'm Brian Ford, a financial wellness expert. And I'm Bright Dixon, an expert in positive psychology. Together, we host Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian, a podcast from Truist Bank that's all about exploring the relationship between your money, your mindset, and your well-being. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or truest.com forward slash money and mindset podcast. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, host of the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show. The smart first step to buying a home is knowing how much you can afford. A truest mortgage professional can help you understand that in just a few minutes. Connecting with a lender first helps you to be more confident in your search. Truist offers loans that can help you become a homeowner with a low down payment. The best way to find out if you qualify for a low down payment loan is to talk with a Truist mortgage professional. Visit truest.com slash mortgage. Truest.com slash mortgage to see current rates, to get a sample mortgage payment using their calculator and find resources to help you buy a home. Talk to a Truist mortgage professional about your loan options. Having that relationship in place can help you find the best financing options available to you. Truist Bank is an equal housing lender. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Truist Bank. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way show and podcast around the country, around the world. If you're listening to this on the podcast and you're in a different country than the United States, do me a favor and send me a note. Info, I-N-F-O at WillieJolly.com. Info at, at Willie, W-I-L-L-I-E, Jolly, J-O-L-L-E-Y.com. Just let me know what country you're in. We're getting folks all around the world, all around the world who are saying, I'm listening to you. Also, I want to encourage everybody to go to winwithwilly.com. That's my corporate site that has all of my sites, my business site, my family site, my faith site, my marriage site, a motivation for young people site. We got all of them right there at winwithwilly.com, winwithwilly.com. Well, as I said earlier, my special guest is my friend Howard Putnam. 
Howard Putnam is the former CEO of Southwest Airlines, Brand of Airlines, Group Vice President of Marketing at United Airlines. He is a retired business and motivational speaker, and he put that in his bio to make sure people know he is retired from that, running around the country, jumping on off and on planes like we often do. He's an author, commentator, online mentor, and talks about leadership, customer service, change, transformation, and ethics. He is one of the greats, and I'm honored to have him on the show. Thank you for again, Howard, for being with us. My pleasure. Now, you're about to give us a key. You're talking about the merger, and there's some lessons. Go for it, please. Well, I was being interviewed by a United Airlines personnel specialist. His first name was Fred, and there were two or three others in the room. And they were saying, try, they were trying to goad me this, why are you good enough to come to work for United Airlines. Don't you realize we are the premier airline and you've been with this little airline that we just bought, Capital. So uh, they were trying to put me down and I I figured that out. And finally he said, tell me, young man, what's your long-term goal? And I looked him right in the eye and I said, sir, I want to be the president of United Airlines. And he laughed at me. Mm. I couldn't believe it. And I said nothing. The interview went on. He said nothing. Well, the years go by, and here was the final punchline. The years go by, and when I was group vice president of marketing at United's headquarters in Chicago, I would see Fred in the hallway. He was about to retire. All those years, had 20-some years had gone by, and I'd gone from being the ticket agent baggage handler at Capital to be in the group vice president of marketing at United. And every time I got a promotion over those years, I would just in the back of my mind say, I remember what you said, Fred. Hmm. I'm, I'm coming. That's hmm. one more. That's one more. So he would say hello in the hallways at the headquarters, uh, but it never came up, that subject. I figured he'd long forgot it. Well, the day came that it was announced that I was selected by Southwest Airlines to be the president and CEO. And it was the publicity went out. And my secretary, Lene, came in and she said, Howard, there's a man on the phone who is crying. He says he has to talk to you. And I knew it was Fred. Mm. He had retired before. And when he got on, and what I didn't know was he was dying of cancer. Wow. And when he got on the phone, he said, Howard, congratulations. I owe you an apology. I have lived with this all my career. I made a horrible mistake. God bless you, my friend. And he hung up and he died. He died two months later. Wow. So even sometimes in life, when somebody gives you a jab and it goes the wrong direction, there's a positive to it. Make it work for you and not against you. Amen. Amen. Use it as motivation. Use it as inspiration. Use it as a leverage point to keep going when the tough times come. And and I've done that over the years. The the guy who said, you'll never make it in the speaking business. And I kept it in mind. I just kept it in mind. Now I've won every award, just recently won the Cavett Award. Not one was the recipient of the Cavett Award, which is the highest award. And I think back to those that you never make it. Uh, there's a there's a story that I want to share uh, with your story that I think is profound. I think Zig Ziglar told this story, but I remember hearing it early on in my speaking business. And I think it was Zig who said that there was a, a, a day when a guy was out on the 
railroad, he was putting down the rails and he was using his hammer and, and, and on the opposite track, they said, Oh, the president's car is coming. The president's train is coming. And so the president's train rolls up slowly and then it stops. And the window goes up of the president's private car on this train. And he says, he puts his head out the window and hand and says, Hey, John, how are you? And the guy with the hammer on the uh, railroad still hammering after all these years says, Hey, Hey Fred, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing great. Or Hey Bob or whatever it was. And he said, I'm doing great. How are you doing? They talked for a moment. And he went over to the window and he talked and he said, Hey, well, take care. How's your family? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the window goes down, the train takes off uh, and, and all of the people on the workload or work group said, Look, you knew the you know the president of the railway. Oh yeah, we 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 known each other for 30 years. We started together. And he said, but he's the president now and you're still on the work line, work line. He said, Yeah, I made a mistake. I went working for an hourly rage. He went working on a dream and on being the president. And so that is that is a story, folks, about the power of your dreams, your goals, your your commitment to excellence, your commitment to being the best you can be and constantly growing yourself, developing yourself. And that's what Howard Putnam has done. Well, Howard, you went on to uh, then become after years at uh, United, you uh, got recruited to become president of a fledgling airline called. Southwest Airlines in Dallas, Texas. Oh my gosh. Tell us about that. Uh, Southwest was seven years old. I'd been watching them after it was getting close to the time of airline deregulation and they were doing things that United wasn't. We were too big. We were too bureaucratic. Our costs were too high. Uh, We had too much management and too many layers of organization. Southwest was lean and mean. Uh, they uh, they had great utilization of their airplanes and their people. Their flight attendants were all females at that time, and they all wore the hot pants and boots uniform, and they had fun with their passengers. And I had gone down there a few months earlier in, in uh, secret and bought tickets on Southwest and just flew like a passenger and watched what they did and how we could improve that. And I went back home and I told the chairman of the board, Eddie Carlson, and the president, Dick Ferris, about it. Mr. Carlson was listening intently. He was one of my mentors. He didn't know he didn't know he was a mentor, but he was a mentor. Uh, the president, Dick, was younger and he, he wanted big. He liked big. So I don't know. I just kept the Southwest thing in, in the back of my mind. And a few months later, earlier, United had sent me to Harvard for uh, the advanced management program for 13 weeks. And here's where irony and the Lord stepped in again. There were two case studies we did at Harvard. That was in uh, in early 1978. One was on a fledgling airline, Southwest Airlines. The other case study was on a big 
airline, Braniff International. How little did I know that within three and a half years, I would be the CEO of both of those airlines. Wow. Da, 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 da. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, the day that I decided to go to Southwest, I went down to see the president, Dick Ferris, and uh, told him I was leaving. He was livid mm. and mad as hell that after all I've done for you and sent you to Harvard and you're leaving us. And I said, yes, Dick, my goal has been to be the CEO of an airline. You're only a year older than I am. I'm never going to have that opportunity here at United Airlines. And I'm sorry you feel that way, but I have great feelings about having been here. And he had his lip out. He was he was unhappy. He said, we got to go see Eddie, Eddie Carlson, the chairman. And here's the, the great punchline. My my mentor, Eddie Carlson, Dick walks in and he, you can tell he's mad. Mr. Carlson said, what's wrong, Dick? He said, Howard's leaving. Mr. Carlson looked at me and said, where are you going? And I said, sir, I've just been selected as CEO of Southwest Airlines. And here's what he did. He came over and he gave me a big hug. Hmm. And he turned to the president, Dick, and said, you know, Dick, I was beginning to think we didn't have anybody good enough that anybody else wanted. Hmm. And with that, the president just kind of melted down. Mr. Carlson then said, Howard, next week before you leave, get an hour on my calendar. And I want, I want to take you through how you work with a board of directors and how you understand that the ideas are theirs. They're not yours. And how you understand that they, they are a team. They want to make a contribution. And he did. He spent an hour with me. I still have the envelope that, that I wrote my notes on uh, all those years ago. And I, I sent him to a friend of mine not too long ago. And he said, God, those are still right on 40 some years later. Wow. So the mentoring, I was fortunate, Willie, to have several mentor mentors. And uh, some of them didn't know they were my mentors. But uh, if you open up yourself and let people know, I want to learn, I want to get better, I want to grow, I want to make a contribution. They're there. They're there for you. They'll help you. You don't wow. have to do it all by yourself. Folks, you know, I tell you all often, there's two ways to get to any goal, mentors or mistakes. Both will get you there if you don't give up. Get mentors. We are going to take a quick break for station identification. But we're coming back with more lessons on how to grow your success, even if you start at the bottom, how to make your way to the top. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Dr. Willie Jolly. I want to ask you a question. Do you like concerts? Do you like theater? Do you like comedy? Do you like inspiration? Well, if you like any or all of those, I want to invite you to go to The Comeback Show and learn about my new Broadway-style show called The Music and Motivation Comeback Show. It's a one-man show, and you're going to love what you see and feel in this show. Jazz, gospel, pop, R&B, and lots of funny 
stories that will crack you up. Learn about it at thecomebackshow.com. Thecomebackshow.com. Come and have a great, uplifting evening of inspiration, entertainment, education, motivation, and fun. Go to thecomebackshow.com for more information. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and podcast around the country, around the world. And I'm grateful for all of you. I want to take a moment before I get back into this great interview with Howard Putnam, former CEO of Southwest Airlines and Braniff Airlines, to talk about for a moment our sponsor, our sponsor. I am grateful for the support of Truist Bank who is committed to not only my show, but also to home ownership because they know home ownership is a blessing. The ability to build equity value in a home that you can own can be the foundation of creating wealth. Wealth that can be passed on for generations. Truest believes that a path to home ownership exists for you. I hear people say, well, I don't see how I could ever own a home. Well, Truist can help you buy a home with a low down payment. Connect with a Truist teammate to learn about the options available to you today. Reach them by calling 855-257-4040. 855-257-4040. They care. They really care. Or you can visit truest.com slash mortgage to calculate your mortgage payment. That's truest.com slash mortgage. Truest Bank is an equal housing lender. When you start with care, you build a different kind of bank. Truest Bank. All right. My special guest today is my friend Howard Putnam. He is a world-renowned speaker. We were uh, in the same class in the Speakers Hall of Fame. I have that in my living room on a wall with me and Howard and Dan Clark and LaDonna Gatlin uh, and Peter Vidmar. Vidmar. Yeah, Vidmar. And Glenna Salisbury got the cabot that year. So what a, what a night we had, uh, Howard. Okay, you have gone on to become a speaker and write a book, a book uh, that still has people talking around the world. It's called The Winds of Turbulence. It's a book that talks about, you talk about uh, in your messages. And I, I went back and listened. By the way, folks, I encourage you to go online and listen to some of his messages. He talks about turbulence has cycles and is part of the success journey. Talk a little bit about turbulence of life and business and what we can learn from your experience in dealing with the turbulence in the plane as well as on the ground and growing your success. Well, first of all, congratulations on being honored with the Cavett Award. And to all of your uh, listeners and viewers, what Willie did is uh, it it is the epitome of all awards in the National Speakers Association and the speaking industry. So it was named after the founder of the Speakers Association whose name was uh, Kevin. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you uh, so much, Howard. I am still honored, still in shock, still in shock that I would get the Cavett Award, and it's like the Heisman for those who don't know, or the or the Oscar to be able yep. to get it. And you don't know you're going to get it until they call your name. So it was quite a moment. And yeah. for, for those who do listen, uh, want to hear my acceptance speech. Many people have made it viral. If you go to jollygoodnews.org, jolly j o l l e y goodnews.org, you can see the acceptance speech. Well, you have written this book, uh, The Winds of Turbulence. Let's talk about what you've learned in the in this journey from being a, a a baggage handler to becoming a CEO and then going on to share your lessons in best-selling books as well as speaking all over the globe. Yeah. 
after three great years at Southwest Airlines, we tripled in size, we tripled in profitability. Uh, we went through airline deregulation. We ordered new airplanes, etc. Across town at DFW Airport, there was a big airline named Braniff International who overexpanded after airline deregulation. We didn't. We controlled our growth. Anyway, Braniff got in big financial trouble. Uh, it was about uh, 10,000 employees and 140 airplanes, as I recall. And they flew to eight or nine countries all over the world, and they were just losing their tail. So they fired the CEO, and they came to me, came to me and recruited me to leave Southwest and go over. Now, the only reason I would go is my chief financial officer, Phil Guthrie, who I had hired, and we were a team. And, and we're still a team all these years later. I just talked to him last night. Wow. Anyway, we sat down with our wives and we said, look, people are going to see it's say it's really dumb to leave Southwest Airlines and go across town. But here's here's what my incentive is. And Phil agreed. There's 10,000 employees that Braniff that could lose their jobs. There are bankers and uh, creditors who could lose a lot of money. Maybe we've got a chance to save this airline and keep it out of bankruptcy. Maybe we don't. Well, I gave it 50-50. And uh, Phil and I and the wives all agreed. And so away we went to Braniff International. But when we got there, we found out it was even in worse shape than, than what we had bargained for. But we worked 16 hours a day for seven months, seven days a week to keep it going. And uh, made a lot of progress, but finally, we just ran out of money, and we had to put it into Chapter 11. But we didn't leave. We stayed there. We reorganized it and got got some people back to work, got it flying again. And then we said, we've had enough fun. Uh, that's it. Well, that was the greatest turbulent period I've ever been through uh, in my business career or my life, for, mm. for that matter. But uh we learned a lot. It was, the lessons learned were marvelous. And during that time, I got acquainted with a, a gentleman that you know very, knew very well, Zig Ziglar. Yes. Famous, famous motivational speaker. He was, lived in Dallas, lived in Plano, Texas, about a mile from us. And Zig and I had gotten acquainted. And after Braniff, why people kept saying, would you come speak to us and tell us about your ordeal. And at that time, uh, not very many companies in Texas had gone bankrupt. But right. uh, two years two years later, <laughs> there are a lot of them that had. So I'm giving these speeches around to groups. And finally, one my, my wife, Krista, who's smarter than I am, said, why don't you get paid for doing that? <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> so what did I do? I called yours and my friend, Zig Ziglar, who's passed away a few years ago. Ask him if he would meet me for coffee. And he did. And here was the three things, Willie, he told me that I've never forgotten. I told him I wanted to get into speaking. How do I do that? Right. And I want to write a book, but I don't know. How do I do that? And he said with that Southern accent from Alabama, I think he was from, Howard, I've heard you speak. You're not very good. You need some coaching. That's number one. Mm. He said, number two. You need to write a book, but don't worry about how much money you're going to make out of it. 
you want credibility. Get right. a, a publisher that has a big name. So my young agent, Jeff Herman, who I got later, I told and him. And mine. I didn't know you had Jeff as well as mine. My yeah. first book, Jeff Herman as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And I told him what Zig Ziglar has had said. So I said, don't worry about the advance. And he got Harper Collins to publish the book. The third thing that Zig told me was join NSA. I never heard join, of NSA. Join NSA. And I, th- I said, what's that? The National Security Agency? Said, <laughs> no, no, no. The National Speakers Association. He said, you join that. You get acquainted. You get active. You get on committees. You learn from other speakers. You listen. And you will have a great speaking career. So I did all three. I got the coaching. I wrote, I wrote the book, The Winds of Turbulence. And I joined NSA in 1989, I think it was. And I'm still a member. I'm not active anymore. And I got on the board of directors and all like you did. Yep. And it was a marvelous experience. And all those years of loading bags and airlines and taking Braniff through bankruptcy and all, I was just able to tie it all together and just tell, talk from life's experiences without having to uh, read it out of an encyclopedia. And I had, had a wonderful career. Well, let me tell you a couple of the points that I I, um, gleaned from listening to your speech. And it was a Get Motivated event. And for those who don't know, the Get Motivated tour was a tour that had Ziggas opening and usually would have usually would have General Colin Powell as a closing. And and in the middle, they'd have great speakers, Bob Shuler, Robert Shuler, Dr. Robert Shuler, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, Howard Putnam, and uh, many others, a number of U.S. presidents. And they'd go to big arenas around the the country. And when they would come to D.C., Washington, D.C., I'd go to the Verizon Center, sit in the front row and take notes. And I'd write and I'd say, man, that's that's one of my goals is one day be able to to maybe get on that stage. Well, uh, 2012, Zeke passed. And I'm honored that the Get Motivated folks did a national search and they said, we want a man who who is a great motivator, who also, like Zig, is a man of faith and is clear about that. And then will really set us out on a positive day with a powerful message. And I, I was honored to get the call to replace Zig. And for many years, I was uh, the opening speaker for the Get Motivated Tour around the country. And so here are some of the lessons I learned from that speech that he has online. And I encourage everybody to go to YouTube, just Google Howard Putnam, P-U-T-M-A-N. And listen, here's a, a great team. Have Decide to have a great team rather than have a team of greats, uh, just of greats. You work on the team rather than another one. Turbulence has cycles and is part of the success journey. Play the game like others or change the game. Oh, I like that. And that's something you did at Southwest and y'all. Uh, uh, what are you going to be, a airline or a mass transportation system? Uh, you do you sell a product and service? You are when you just sell a product and service, you are a commodity. But to sell a vision, you become a brand. Oh, I love that. And what did they hire at Southwest? They hired for attitude first. Teach after you get the right attitude, you can teach the skill. A cheery personalities, optimism, team spiritedness, and then decide to be role models. 
and pay attention to the small stuff. I, you shared a story about going to a hotel where the sign was wrong. You, there was a room missing and you happen to have had that room. Which way do you go? Well, you had to have somebody help you. And you, and they, and you shared that there's a problem here, but they never fixed it because they didn't realize how important the small stuff is. But if you focus on making sure that you do the little things, or someone said, one of the guests I've had, make sure you uh, make the main thing, the main thing, and don't just minor in the majors, but major in the minors. So uh, how, how would you, you've been able to do this for many years now. You, in fact, I want to make sure you also say that you've been married for 66 years. Is that correct? That's correct. Wow. 66 years been married. And so what we're going to do, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about a few more points. And then we're going to talk about the you got us, that how it would tell anybody who wants to be a success in business, the you got us. You got to do these things if you want to be a success. So we're going to be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and podcast around the world. And for sure, your best is still yet to come. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and we are bringing it back by popular demand, my one-man show, a Broadway-style show that you will love, the Music and Motivation Comeback Show. Music, motivation, inspiration, entertainment, uplifting, funny stories that will empower, encourage, and inspire, and entertain you. You want to bring your family, your friends to this incredible show in Washington, D.C., go to thecomebackshow.com, thecomebackshow.com for more information and to find out when we're presenting it and to get tickets. And you're going to be so glad you did. It's an incredible evening that will empower, inspire, uplift, and help to change your thinking, your focus, and your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Go to the comebackshow.com thecomebackshow.com for more information you'll be glad you did and we're back this is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show and podcast and I am grateful for my guest who is here today the great Howard Putnam and he was a uh, baggage handler starting out from 
a little town in Iowa where they, he grew up in a house without running water, without electricity, without inside plumbing. But his father bought a plane. His father got bitten by the plane bug, bought a plane, flew it onto the farm, and Howard learned to fly. And then he got interested in the airline industry and he went on to get a job starting with baggage. He started literally at the bottom. But he rose all the way to the top and was a re- as a result, was able to do great things with his life at, at Southwest Airlines, at Braniff, and he was able to help many others. And then he went on to write a book and to grow uh, himself and others by the book and the process processes. He's an entrepreneur serving as chairman of a startup investment company and two small manufacturing and distribution companies. And He and his wife, Krista, have been married for over 65 years, uh, have a son and a daughter, and he continues to be able, not doing a lot of speaking like he used to, but be able to share ideas on platforms like this. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, Howard, you talk about mentors and and you talked about the fact that two of your first mentors were your parents. What did they teach you? Tell me a couple of things your parents taught you that had an impact on your success. Honesty. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was pounded into me. I, I had my comeuppance when I, and I was about 11. I was in the Western Auto Store in Bedford, Iowa. I didn't have any money. But I saw some nice reflectors that would really work on my bicycle. So I put my hand up, grabbed a couple, and stuck them in my pocket. At that moment, the manager of the store grabbed me by the nap of the neck and threw me up against the wall. He scared the living hell out of me, and he had seen me steal the reflectors. He didn't know my name, but he said, kid, you go home and tell your parents what you have done, and I want you back in here tomorrow morning with one of them to apologize. Man, I went home, and that's the hardest thing I had ever had to do was say to your mom and dad, I got caught stealing reflectors and my dad was so livid. I thought he was going to go get the razor strap, but he, but he didn't. And my mother cried Mm. that broke my heart. So the next morning, my dad and I went in and I had to stand there and tell Mr. Lindstedt, I was sorry and I would never do it again. Oh, what a good lesson that was Willie. And I never done it again. And I, always admonished people who or I watch the political environment these days. And I think, my God, I think an honest politician is an oxymoron. I don't think there is. <laughs> right. Right. But anyway, honesty is one. Two is humility mm. and easy to get pretty cocky. You know, I spoke for get motivated. I did this, whatever. Right. Uh, uh, I spoke for get I enjoyed speaking, speaking from get motivated as you did, but right. you got to understand you're just one little humble guy. Right. And I had a great lesson when we, when we were really in trouble at Braniff, I drove down back roads to go to DFW airport from Plano, Texas. And one morning, just, just to stay out of the public eye, cause we were getting so much publicity. And one morning I'm following this big truck and had a crane built on the back platform. And suddenly the guy's drive shaft fell off from out from under the truck and was headed straight for my windshield. Wow. 
And this is seven o'clock in the morning and I came awake and I speeded up and the drive shaft just went over the top of the car. And then at the next moment, his transmission housing fell off <laughs> and came out and I ran over. Anyway, he stopped because he didn't have any locomotion. I pulled up behind him. He gets out and he's walking around this truck saying, oh, what a bad day I'm having. I'm supposed to be at the job. And he was just mumbling and mumbling and good old Texas boy with a chaw of tobacco and the bib overhauls. And so I finally stopped him on about his third revolution. And I said, sir, why don't you come get in the car with me? I'll take you into Louisville. We'll find a phone. You can call your boss and tell him all your troubles. I want to talk to your boss and see who's going to pay for the damage to my car. So he did. He got in. We're driving along and he's complaining again. <laughs> I've got a suit and tie on. And finally, he looks over at me and he said, hey, Mac, what do you do for a living? Uh, I said, I'm the president of Braniff International. He says, damn. And I thought I was having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so somebody somebody else is, when you think you're in deep doo-doo somebody else is in worse shape than you are as it got to as well <laughs> oh that's funny uh, uh I'm going to ask you this question and probably would mix two things. You, you know, I, I do something at every show where somebody comes to the show and I ask them if we were to go to lunch, you were in town, and then I took you to one of the greater organizational schools of higher learning, the universities, Howard, American, Georgetown, whatever. And we went to a business class of young wannabe business people, what are a few yagatas that you would share with them? And, and, and that kind of one of them I already know is goes with the question I was about to ask you, what are the most important characteristics of successful leaders? So if you can meld those together, that would be great. What are some yagatas and what do successful leaders have? Uh, my mentors all had several of the same characteristics that I agreed with and, and tried to emulate. Uh, they were all humble. Hmm. They, were, they were all very intelligent, but they didn't jam it down your throat. Uh, they, they loved helping other people. And I, I got to, I understood that. I, I love to help young people grow. And then the years go by and you see them come back by. So you got to take yourself out of the center spot and be one of the team. And if, if your team doesn't succeed, you're not going to succeed. Okay. And it's just pretty simple stuff. And stay down to earth. And finally, enjoy what you do. Have some fun. Have fun. You got to have fun and enjoy it because it will get old quick if you don't. Uh, now, you have uh, been successful in a number of different venues, another different verticals. What are you now doing to share your messaging or what do you want to do? Or, you know, because the great ones always got some new goals that they're setting. What are the goals that Howard Putnam has set for himself now in his 80s? Okay, you're in your 80s now. What are your skills? Yeah, I'm, I'm 86. Wow, that's uh, fantastic. You look great. I just, I, 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 I walk our little dog three times a day. So I walk about two miles a day. 
And in the last two years, my wife has survived breast cancer and is doing well. I've had five surgeries and anesthesias, none of them life-threatening surgeries, but it takes the uh, takes the strength out of you. I've lost 30 pounds, but I'm still here. Amen. And I just, I just try to encourage other people, you can do it. Don't give up. Keep going. And yes. I enjoy doing that. And what I'm doing now is not on the front page of the paper. It's not in big auditoriums. I just do a lot of one-on-ones with the internet and phone calls and with local people. Well, I am so grateful that you could make time to be one-on-one with me and to share with my listeners what they can do to survive turbulence, to overcome setbacks, and to be willing to do what it takes to start at the bottom so you can rise to the top. I want to thank you, Howard Putnam, for making time out of your schedule to come and be with us. We, he sent me a note when I was uh, blessed to get the cavity, and I said, Howard, it's so good to hear from you. We responded, called him, and I said, look, I want to have you on my show. Would you be able to? He said, let's make it happen. And so I want to thank you for being a man of your word. Thank you for making time in this. Kiss your bride, Krista, to your daughter, your son, and Uh, Continue to uh, inspire people and continue to inspire uh, the masses, even if it's just one by one on one. uh, uh, And I encourage people to go to YouTube, watch the videos that he has there. They will help you. I enjoyed them thoroughly. I took notes. I had to take notes. Great thinkers start to talk. You take notes. That's something Cabot Robert told us and as well as uh, Zig Ziglar would say, you know, uh, Take notes because a short pencil is better than a long memory any day of the week. (laughs) So thank you, uh, Howard Putnam. And then I want to thank our sponsor again, Truist Bank. Truist has made a commitment to our community, has made a commitment to help people. They are helping people get homes at low down payments. And the best way to find out if you qualify for a low down payment loan is talk with a Truist mortgage professional. Visit Truist.com slash mortgage to see current rates, get a sample mortgage payment using their calculator and find resources to help you buy a home. That's again, Truist.com slash mortgage. And remember, Truist is a equal housing lender. When you start with care, you build a different kind of bank, Truist. I want to thank Truist. I want to thank Howard Putnam. I want to thank all of you. And I want you to do me a favor, folks. Share this. Share this show. Share these interviews with others. Tell them they can listen on my radio network uh, every week, or they can go to the podcast, the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast, absolutely free on iHeart, C-Suite, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts to get the podcast. And every one of these interviews goes right up to podcasts. I want to thank all of you. I want to thank again, our sponsor. And then I want to say to all of you, go to winwithwilly.com and get some of the free resources we have there. Watch us every Monday night, D and I, as we do the Jolly Marriage Show at nine o'clock Eastern on A Jolly Marriage on Facebook, A Jolly Marriage on Instagram, A Jolly Marriage on Twitter, and Willie Jolly LinkedIn Live. And then if you're in the DC area, go to thecomebackshow.com, thecomebackshow.com. I've relaunched my one-man Broadway-style theatrical show here in D.C. on Saturday nights. Have a great day on purpose, everybody. And remember, for sure, your best is yet to come. Have a great day.
enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you got something of great value and I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were empowered and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more, be more and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program and I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash shop to get some of the books that we have created, that we've labored over to make sure that they will deliver a powerful message to you. I hope you go to willyjolly.com slash billionaire, willyjolly.com slash billionaire, or wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get the box that it will inspire your whole family or get the bag of books. Make this a great day, a great week, a great month. And remember, it is true that you are blessed and all things are possible for them that believe. So make the most of the belief that you have now in your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.